You know, um, they teach you, thank you, guys and girls, blessed women and men of God, blessed with talents and gifts to be able to sing. Some of us can't do that, so we just kind of enjoy them and just get in and kind of sing real low so that only the Lord can hear. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But there, there's always keys to services. You know, God wants to get a message to his people, and there's always a key to it. We've had a couple keys already. You, see, you hear it in the music. You hear it in the testimonies. And I'll just kind of give you a little clue, and that way, uh, as I preach, you'll see it's pretty much in my message as well. It's one, God has a plan for you. Amen? Amen that's right. e even though you try to mess it up, God will be there, and he'll straighten it out. He'll make the crooked ways straight. Come on, talk to me. Amen? He'll, and then the second thing is, he'll make a way out of a no-way situation. When you come to the end of your rope and you say, God, I don't know what you're going to do with this marriage, what you're going to do with this job, what you're going to do with these kids, what you're going to do with my health, my bank account, all these things, God said, I can make a way. Amen? So that's what we're going to learn today as we sit down and discuss this word of God. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you that as we come together today, we can hear your word, let it be a change in our lives, get our hearts right to be able to receive all that you have for us. We ask you, Lord, to guide my mouth, my heart, my mind, to speak your words for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, and all agreed said, amen. amen. So we're talking about seed time and harvest. Did you notice on that testimony, the woman said, that was a seed that was planted in me when I received that letter, but it didn't manifest until years and years later. Why? Because it takes time for things to get into our heart and then for them to grow. There's seed time and harvest. You can't uh, receive them the same time that you plant the seed. Is that right? There's another season. In due season, we shall reap. So sometimes you plant stuff in your heart and then you have to wait for it to grow. And it grows how? Little by little. Precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Right, Tony? That's the way it is. We don't like get saved and all of a sudden the next day, oh man, we're just on top, on fire. We know everything. We know all the scriptures. No, it's a process that we have to learn. And that's the scripture that we start with in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. That's the way God created this world. Did you know that? So we want everything instantaneous, don't we? We want it spontaneous. Give it to me now. Got to have it. No waiting. 30 seconds or less. I want it. When you go through a drive-thru, if there's three cars in front of you, oh, no, this is disaster. Oh, my God, I got to wait maybe two minutes or three minutes for them to get my order. But, you know, we have to be a little more patient in our lives to allow God to work in our hearts. And actually, farmers know about this seed time and harvest. Isn't that right? Farmers know. You plant a seed in one part of the season, and then you water it, and you wait, and it grows, and then before you know it, you have a harvest. We don't really know that so much in our life, but we have seed time and harvest in our lives because people have deposited seeds in our lives all of our lives. Our parents, our teachers, our Bible teachers, the Word of God gets planted in us, so our life right now is a result of everything that has been planted into our life prior to this point. Is that not right? So if you want to complain about things, you have to check your seeds that were planted in there. And maybe you don't like what your harvest is. 
you dig it all up and plant some new seeds to have a better life. I know that's when we, when we first uh, found out Marianne was pregnant. We started speaking to her belly, saying, this boy, he's going to serve the Lord. He's going to love you, Lord, with all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his strength, all of his mind. We kept saying that, speaking to it, speaking to it. And you might say, well, I didn't have that opportunity to do that. That's okay because, you know, it's not too late to plant some more seeds. And, and it's not too late to plant seeds in your own life, telling yourself what you're going to be. Because there's power in your words because God has given us that power to, able to, to be able to speak the things just like he did. He gave us that creative power. And when we speak the word of God in our mouths, it's just as if God is speaking himself when we speak his word, right? So, like if you tell your children, you know, go tell Johnny to come in from the house. And so your son goes and tells Johnny, Johnny, come on in here. And he says, oh, I ain't listening to you. But if he said, Dad said, Johnny, come in here, Johnny comes in. So when you say, the Lord said this, then it shall happen. It'll be seeds that are, are planted in your life to do miraculous things. Praise God. Now, I know that uh, I spent 18 years listening to messages, 18 years at a church, Every Sunday, twice on Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday, uh, leadership classes, men's uh, uh, meetings, just seeds coming in, coming in, coming in. I said, I'm ready to preach, I'm ready to pastor, I'm ready to do all these things. And the Lord said, whoa, son, <laughs> just hold on, we got to do some more planting in your life. So what you hear me preach and talk about now, it's just things that I've learned many, many years ago, put into practice, and now I'm able to share them. Amen? Same with you. you. You can only share what you know that has been planted in you, and now you have a harvest of things that you can speak to other people about. You can say, I know the Lord's going to work in your life, just like Norma had to come to grips and say, hey, I don't see how it's going to work out, but I know. Ha, I heard that God will do some things that I can't do myself. Amen? She didn't uh, rely on her senses. She relied on the Word of God. Praise God? So that's what we have to do. Uh, let's see this in, in this next scripture here. And this is a scripture that I, I quoted, Isaiah 26, 9. Whom will he teach knowledge and whom will he make to understand the message? Those just weaned from the milk, those just drawn from the breast. And here's the next scripture that talks about it. It says, for precept must be upon precept. Again, precept upon precept, line upon line. Again, line upon line, here a little, there a little. So that's how we grow in the Lord. That's how we have things happen in our life so that we can see God work in our lives. Amen? So um, I know my, when I was growing up, my mom always used, to say, always used to say to me, Charles, you can do anything you set your mind to do. And I would have doubts and concerns, you know, because I wasn't the biggest, strongest guy around, wasn't the smartest guy along, around wasn't the most handsomest guy around, but she said, you can do anything that you put your mind to, and that just, she kept saying it, not once, not twice, but continually saying, you can do anything that you set your mind to, but we know it in the scripture is we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? So I developed what they call a Peter complex, Apostle Peter complex. He thinks he, he could do anything. Walk on water? Sure, yeah, come Just give me the word, Lord. Bid me to come, and I'll do it. Peter's faith was so strong 
that God called him the rock. You're, you're now called Cephas, the rock. Peter uh, was called uh, a pillar of the church by Paul. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, he preached to 3,000 people and they got saved. Hallelujah. He would go into the city and his shadow would heal the people. Not just his shadow, but the Holy Spirit that was with him. He had a Peter complex. Do you have a Peter complex? <laughs> I can do all things. Doesn't matter what it is, this job, I can conquer it. I can do it. I, you know, every situation that you face, you have to believe God is able to do things in my life. Praise the Lord. So it's seed time and harvest. Now let me show you a couple things here before we get to the main uh, uh, part of the message. But let's look at this scripture here. It says, Galatians 6, 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he also shall reap. You want all the blessings, you want all the gifts, you want all the promises of God, but you're not planting any seed in there. You're not putting any promises in there. Well, I'm just believing God. Well, what are you standing on? I'm just believing. You know, that, that's just like an empty promise. That's just like a, a um, what do you call it? Uh, I, I have it in my notes, so I have to get to it. But it, 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 God said this, God is not mocked. And I looked up that word mocked. It means, uh, let me get the right pronunciation. Muktarizo means nose. It means turn your nose up at God. So God, I want all your promises, but I just don't really want to spend the time reading your word, you know, confessing and meditating. I just, just give me what I need. <laughs> I can remember a pastor in my 18 years that I was sitting there. He told the Lord, he said, Lord, I need some money, and I don't really have time to go to the word to find out the promise. He says, because you really don't know, Lord, the, the, the seriousness of my situation. Anybody ever said that to the Lord? The Lord told him back, he says, I don't think you realize the seriousness of my word. The word will produce what you put in your heart to do. Praise God. So, um, so <laughs> it's, it, it's seed time and harvest. In other words, you can't, you can't work out for two weeks and expect to be buff and have a super summer body. You just can't do it, you know. You can't say, my prom is in a week, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. You just can't do that. <laughs> it doesn't happen automatically. It's seed time and harvest. It's like, uh, I didn't know whether I was going to share this or not, but we play basketball, and the last time I played, I just did terribly. I don't know what happened. I just couldn't make my shots. Very depressing, very discouraging. Went home, oh my gosh, is my career over? Have I hit the end of my rope? <laughs> Am I too old to play anymore? Oh, woe is me. And I thought, no, I just got to put some seed time and harvest. They say you have to have muscle memory to play. Have you ever heard that terminology, muscle memory? My friend said you don't have any muscles and you don't have any memory. <laughs> <laughs> so I went home and I started working out with weights and every day for just 15 minutes just shot the ball a little bit 15 minutes so now I'm ready I'm ready to come back <laughs> strong and what happened to you I put some seeds in there amen so you may not do well at your job or you may not have problems in your family you have to put some seeds of love in there what you planted what you're going to reap seed produces after its own kind amen you want love in your relationships? You be the, you be the difference. You be the love 
uh, triangle. Praise God. Now, here's something that just, it just blew my mind in Revelation 20, verse 12. This is at the end times. It says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. They're not dead anymore. They're risen. And the books were opened. What books? The books were opened. What books are they talking about? So I did some research in this. And if you look at Psalms 139.16, the Bible says what? All of our days are numbered and are written in a book. Do you know you have a book? There's a book out on you <laughs> about your life, about what you've done and what you're going to do and what God has planned for you. I've got to find that book. Kind of like Back to the Future, you know, when they had that book, they could find out what's going to be in the future, and then you, it's in, but you're, it's present, so you just bet on what's going to happen. Wouldn't you like to know what God has planned for you, what he's purposed in your life ahead of time? So, oh, I got to get to that point. I know I'm going to get there. I just have to believe God. All the books, all the um, books were open, each individual. And now who's writing in this book? The angels are writing. The angels are taking notes of everything that you're doing. The Bible says that when Jesus spoke in Matthew 12, 26, he says, every word you must give account of it when you die, whether it be idle or whether it be productive. Every word, oh my God. Give me those words back, right? And it says right here, look at this, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Oh my God, God is taking notes. The angels are watching us, keeping track, even keeping track of what we're giving. Did you know that? And they keep track of our attitude when we give it. It's all in the book, opened up. Oh no, don't open up that book. <laughs> Thank God there's another book uh, that uh, was open, which is the book of life. And if our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, we don't have to, have, there's no consequences. Thank God for that. So God is watching you. Did you know that? I know some mothers would always tell their kids, God is watching you no matter what you're doing. Praise the Lord. You say that? Yeah. Put the fear of God in them. So I had a little taste of that this weekend. Uh, I went to Vaughn's and made my purchase, and I wanted some cash back. So I'm $40 cash back, just a normal day in my life. And uh, I go to a, uh, a church. <laughs> I go to a store. It's a real family-oriented community center, and they, they talk, and they know each other. They know my wife. They know our names. They know what we do. Just really family. So we're talking about the game, and we're talking about thing and everything. And so I, I go out to my car, and I go, wait a minute. I didn't get my $40. So I went back and I said, uh, I think you might have not given me my $40, but it shows here on the receipt that you did, but how can we prove whether you gave it to me or not? Anybody know the answer to that? Yeah, count the drawer. <laughs> yeah I could wait to the end of the day and count the drawer, but Nor uh, Blanca had it right. There is a camera over all of the registers and they're watching everything you do. Come on, talk to me. <laughs> Just like the angels are watching everything you do. So they said, give me the receipt. I gave them the receipt. They went back in the video camera, and they watched, and they go, yeah, you're right. He didn't give you the money. They were watching me. You know what my first reaction was? I better stop messing around in this store, that's for sure. <laughs> Don't be going in the back room looking for boxes and things like that. You know, 
God is watching you. So quit messing around. You know that song, uh, Get Right Church, Let's Go Home? How many of you know that song? Anybody remember that song? Yeah. Get right, church, and let's go home. 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 So, <laughs> I had to ad lib that one. But anyway, you're ready to, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, uh, okay, we're going to talk about today now. Here's the main part of this. Four keys to receiving your harvest. I mean, we got the seeds that got them planted in the ground. Now, how do you harvest them? How do you bring them into your possession? Wouldn't you want to know that? All right. Here's the four keys. Are you ready for this? First key is God is for you and not against you. Now, we have a hard time believing that sometimes, don't we? God is for you. But, but, but Lord... <laughs> You don't know all my imperfections, all my faults, all my flaws, all my nicks, my blemishes, my stains. Marianne was talking about that in the announcement. We all have them, but the Bible says what he accepted us without question in all of our imperfections. Isn't that good news? And I, had a, I ministered to one family member that we had. He was older. He was dying of cancer, and we went to the house, and I told him about the salvation that was promised to the Lord. I asked him, I said, do you know where you're going after this is all over? He goes, no, I don't. I go, how would you really like to know? He said, I think I would since I'm going to probably be there in a month or so. I said, well, God has made a promise to you that if you accept him into your life, you have forgiveness of sins and you have the promise of eternal life with him in heaven. How does that sound? He goes, that sounds pretty good. He goes, well, I just have one question. He says, how do you do this? I said, it's just a prayer, a simple prayer, accepting Jesus into your heart. He goes, that seems too easy, too simple, that all of my sins for all of my 70 years can be erased in one prayer. <laughs> that's, a, that's the mercy of God, isn't it? Isn't that good news? Everything that you've done, everything that you said, everything that you did wrong, God said, I'll wipe it out with one prayer. And so we prayed and... Marianne can testify, the Spirit of the Lord came in so strong. Oh, my gosh. It was like being in heaven. It was like rejoicing. The angels were rejoicing with us. Even his wife started jumping up and down, <laughs> getting excited. He says, this was wonderful. So I have confidence. I just feel so good that I ushered him into heaven. And that when I get there, I'll have some fruit, and it'll be written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, in my book. Yeah, you got that guy saved. Praise the Lord. Come on in. Amen. You get a crown or a star or something. You get something. <laughs> so you have to believe that God is for you. And, you know, you might be incomplete. You might have deficiencies, roughness, crudeness, things that you say that are not right. But guess what? I, I found this in a commentary. It talks about the Holy Spirit being our heavenly sandpaper that smooths out our abrasive personalities. Isn't that nice? <laughs> He puts you, your mouth in a good way, so you say things that come off good to people. You ever say things to people, and they get upset, and you go, well, why are they upset about? I just told them to wipe their nose, you know. But it's the way you say it, you know. It's the way you say it. So when I found that out, 
that God can smooth out my thoughts, my mouth, my personality. I said, hallelujah, that's exactly what I need. Some of you may say, no, I'm good the way I am. I don't know. <laughs> Yield yourself to the Lord. Let him change your heart and your way of doing things. Praise God. And so now the second thing is his word will produce what it says it will do. Praise God. Let's see some slides on the first one. Let's go to the next slide. The scripture for, is God for us? It says in Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who, 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 who can be against us, right? But we have to get on the Lord's side. So the Bible says, uh, what we're saying here as, as, a, as a harvest, his word will produce what it says it will do. So let's see this picture here. This next slide has a picture. There you go. So there is a field ready for planting, ready to plant seeds. So then you plant the seeds, and what do you do after that? You water. The next day you get up. Let's see the next, next slide. Wait a minute. It's the same. Nothing changed. But I planted the seed. I watered. It's the next day. Where's the, where's the fruit? And then you come back a week later and... What, what is Next slide. No, no. Go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. <laughs> Norma, you're messing me up. There we go. Still the same thing. You ever been there? You prayed. I prayed for provision. I prayed that things would straighten out in my life. Where is the promise? It's not working out. We have to expect it. The farmer doesn't plant and then all of a sudden go like, I don't know if this thing's going to work. I planted the seed. I watered. I got good soil. They're, they don't spend uh, nights worrying about whether it's going to come to pass. They have confidence to know that they can expect it to happen because the seed will produce what you've put in, what it'll produce of its own kind. You sow money, you will reap money. I've been there with Norma uh, when times when we were believing for a house, believing for provision in our, in our lives, and we were giving above and beyond our tithes and our offerings. We gave until it hurt. It shouldn't really hurt. It, 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 until it blesses you. <laughs> And we've seen God do miracles beyond what we could ask or think. Why? Because we sacrificed and gave a seed that was so precious to us, but God made it work out. And that's, this is our third um, <laughs> uh, key. He will make a way where there is no way. There's no struggle or trial that is too big for God. It's an insult to him to think that your problem is too big for him to handle. We know that God made a way for Moses, Moses when he came to the Red Sea. We knew that the Hebrew boys, God made a way when they were in the fiery furnace. We knew in Daniel, and he was in the lion's den, and God made a way. We know that David, uh, God made a way when he was fighting Goliath. But that was thousands of years ago. We can get excited about that, but how about getting excited about what he's going to do for you? <laughs> God is going to make a way where there is no way. Have you ever been in a place where you, you, you didn't see how God was going to work it out? You didn't see any way he's going to get you out of that predicament, but he made a way. Praise God. So uh, have you ever felt cornered? Have you ever felt hemmed in, boxed in because of a bad report or resistance that, resistance that keeps coming 
uh, against you or a reoccurrence in your life that keeps happening over and over and over again, God can make a way. So I, we had this slide up here prematurely, but let's look at that slide about our superheroes. Anybody know who these guys are? <laughs> Batman and Robin. And, uh, you know, they would be, you know, crime fighters. They would be doing things in New York City. And certain situations would come up, and they, they, it looked like they were trapped. Trapped over some fire. Maybe they were hanging over some boiling water. Maybe they were tied up, facing a buzzsaw. And they were going to get chopped up, and there was no way out. And the announcer would say, what is going to happen to our Cape Crusaders? How are they going to survive this predicament? Or will they, or will they be destroyed? Will this be the end of our dynamic duel? And you know what happens after that, right? Commercial. <laughs> now, I learned that they started this with Batman and Robin. They would do that. They would set the scene where it looked like, oh, nothing's going to happen. There's no way out. And, uh, but I, I was young then. I didn't leave my TV set. I, I, didn't, I didn't go to the bathroom. In those days, I could hold it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Nowadays, when I say I got to go to the bathroom, I really got to go, okay? <laughs> Look out, I'm coming. Praise the Lord. Okay. I didn't go to get something to eat. I didn't call anybody. I'm glad I got your attention, praise God. <laughs> I was just frozen there. How could they possibly get out of this situation? Let's see. Let's, where are they at right now? Let's see the next one. They're going to get electrocuted. What are we going to do? It's the, oh, my gosh. But then you come back from the commercial, then all of a sudden there is a way of escape that wasn't there before. Some lever, something on their belt, some rope that they saw, and, it, and they pulled it, and there was a way of escape. And that's the hand of God we serve. He makes a way out of no way. Let's see slide uh, 40. Uh, Isaiah 40. Sorry. Okay, I like this scripture. Oh my gosh. Of course, I like every scripture. Which, which, what's my favorite scripture, Pastor Chuck? It's the one I'm reading at the moment. It's the one that I really need at, this, at any particular time. And this one uh, is a good one. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places made smooth. Woo-wee! How many times you get in a situation and go like, man, this is rough. <laughs> this is not smooth. This is tough. This is like a mountain. It'll be made low. It's like a valley. How low can you go? He's going to raise you up. He's going to pick you up out of the miry clay. He's going to set you on a high place for the glory of the Lord. Amen? I'm still asking the Lord to help me with everything that I'm doing in my life. I play with my basketball friends, and they can't understand it. No matter how they divide up the teams, my team always seems to win. They go, you're stacking the decks. You're, 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 you're causing the good people to be on your team. I go, no, I'm not. I got my team and God. And so these guys that aren't believers, they say, well, God doesn't really care who wins the game. I go, well, maybe not, but if I'm asking him to help me, he's going to help me. 
If you want to use just your skills, go ahead, use your skills. I got me, my skills, and my God helping me, teaching me, talking to me. And so you can take God with you wherever you go in every situation that you're facing. Praise the Lord. So we have to know that he will make the crooked ways straight in your life. So what I said is, I'm still believing. I was trying to balance the, the books the other day, and I said, Lord, <laughs> I can remember when I was at Kaiser working. You made everything work out. How can I make this thing balance? And sure enough, at the bottom of the page, there's this one little line that I missed, very carefully hidden. And I said, wow, how do you do that, Lord? How do you make that happen? Amen? He, he, he can, he, there's not an obstacle that you can get into that he can't remove. There's no rejection that he can't change. There's, there's no denials that he can't fix. There's no limitations that he can't lift. There's no objections he can't put down. There's no hindrances he can't take away. There's no resistance that he can't destroy. There's no barriers that he can't tear down. There's no noise that he can't silence. There's no restlessness that he can't ease. There's no wrong that he can't make right. There's no fear that he can't overcome. There's no door that he uh, can't open. There's no chains that he can't break. There's no walls that he can't come down. There's no lie that he can't change. There's no hurt that he can't heal. And there's no storm that he can't still. God is God, and he can do whatever he wants in your life. Invite him in. Let him take hold and charge of your life, and watch these things happen. He makes the crooked ways straight. He makes the rough places smooth. Our God is able. Amen? We have to believe that for ourselves. Well, you don't, you don't know what my kids are doing. You don't know what my spouse is saying. You don't know what the doctors are saying. You don't know how many medications I'm on. You haven't looked at my bank statement. Have you looked at my bank statement lately? Do you understand the stress that I'm under? God is able to make a way. Amen? You, you, but you have to be like everybody else in the Bible. You have to get into God's word, plant seeds into your heart, hold fast to it, and believe that his promises are true. Whenever you read a scripture, whenever you meditate on his word, whenever you confess about what he said he was going to do, you begin to raise the water of the level of your faith, and it just gets stronger and stronger, bigger and bigger, greater and greater, to the point where you just say, my God is able to make all grace abound towards me. He will do all things. Praise God. Now, this kind of faith doesn't come overnight. <laughs> Talk to me. You have to fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. The Bible says that Abraham believed in hope when there was no hope. 75 years old, God came and said, okay, Abraham, we're, you and Sarah are going to have children. He said, I don't think so, Lord. I don't think this is going to happen. Have you been to our house lately? <laughs> There's no little um, baby pins. There's no little, what do they call these things, cribs. There's, we're not set up for babies right now. <laughs> so if you just say, I'm believing God, and you haven't heard the word from the Lord, you just have an empty emotional belief without a foundation. It's just a hype. You're just talking to yourself. I know God can do it. Well, the Bible says the devil believes God and trembles. But we have to know that it is for us. It's personal. It'll produce fruit in our lives. And so we have to believe that what God has said, he is what? Faithful. Let's sing that song. He is faithful. He is faithful to do what we can't do. So let's just bow our heads, close our eyes as the 
Musicians, get ready to sing. He is faithful. So, Father, I just thank you, those that are here today, that are believing and trusting in you, that you will make a way where there is no way, that you'll make the, make the crooked ways straight, that you'll smooth out the rough places in our life, that we receive that harvest that comes from planting seed into our life. We glory in you. We thank you, Lord God. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I need, I need a touch from the Lord, just raise your hands right now. I see those hands. Praise God. Amen. That this message was for you and you're receiving it. So, Father, I just thank you that those that raise their hands, they're receiving what you have for them. That they'll take it to heart and watch you work in their life. And, Lord, I just thank you that they'll not just leave this here, but they'll take it with them. They'll believe that what you have promised, you're able also to perform because you are faithful.